And welcome to this week's bonus podcast where we have an interview for you, a lovely interview with Jamie Kenner, who played Gemma. Phil! Phil, Phil Whitaker, who right. just left Coronation Street a few weeks ago and already we're missing mm. him. He's, he's the one character we still haven't um, been able to settle, resolve our differences about Fizz and Phil versus Fizz and Tyrone, have no, we? No, no. But uh, so I thought I'd be best to get Jamie on the podcast to see what he thought about all this. <laughs> so I'd love to chat with him. There's also a video version of this podcast, by the way. So if you want, if you want to see, if you've forgotten what he looks like, you know, it's been a couple of weeks since he's since he's gone, then you can head over to our YouTube channel. And it's also the first interview with a lovely Coronation Street wall behind me as well. Oh, Not so that I'm trying to put you off. You look, look, listen to all this amazing bonus content you're getting by just listening to the audio version. I mean, this is quite stuff here isn't oh, it right it's here. wonderful yeah do you Amazing. want if you get any quality facts Gemma that you want to say no we should uh, play the interview let's play the interview with yeah. Jamie Kenner you played Phil today on the podcast I'm excited to be joined by a special guest who's kept us entertained over the past 12 months in the role of Phil Whitaker. he may have left Weatherfield now but he'll always be remembered for his whirlwind romance with Fizz his playful bromance with Tyrone and of course how many L's he has in his name it's Jamie Kenner Jamie thank you for coming on the show today hello thank you for having me that's an absolute pleasure to be here thank you with two L's Phil with two L's boom make sure you get it right some people write Phil with one L and I just yeah I can't accept it. And it felt like, you know, towards the end of your time on the show, they were just making a point of it, even in the scripts of the programme. Yeah, well, it was actually, um, I, I mean, it, they did actually make a point of it to me. And it was Charlie DeMello that actually really, really laboured it. And I became around the building. Oh, look, it's filled with two L's. My name, <laughs> Jamie just went out the window. I'm now, I'm now... I've actually changed my name by default to fill with two L's. <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. Well, look, first of all, on behalf of the Curry Watching community, can I say how sorry to hear we were, uh, how sorry we were to hear that you'd left the show recently? Because Phil has been such a lovely character. I think he could have settled into Weatherfield quite nicely. So was, yeah. was, it, always, was it always intended to be a year-long contract? Or, or was it a case of coming on for a short stint last year and then it was extended? How, how did that all work? So, well, no, if, if anything, it was the opposite. I came in for seven episodes and they mm. weren't sure they, um, they weren't sure how long it was going to run. They said they, it might go a little bit longer than that, depending on obviously chemistry and, and whether they can see a story. So it ended up, I ended up doing 83 episodes. Um, so no, it was always going to be a, a short-lived thing. And, and actually uh, it was because of what happened with, I think probably more me and Alan, me and Tyrone than, than anything else, mm. that they, the writers discovered this kind of, you know, this pot of gold of this little and large thing that, that really worked. And obviously me and Jenny hit it off and going really well. So um, I outstayed my welcome, if anything. Mm -hmm. um, I, I want to say I'm gutted to have left. I didn't want to leave. Did you know? Um, and I, no, and I can say that now because I've, I've gone. And, uh, and, you know, as you've seen from the story, the door's very much open. Oh, yeah, um, I've made my feelings very clear and made my feelings very clear that, that I want to stay. And they've made their feelings very clear that they they wanted me to stay, but it just, you know, they write these things so far in advance that um, the storyline was coming to an end and it had to come to an end. And it does make sense that, you know, Phil doesn't want to hang around and watch someone else live out his fairy tale. He's heartbroken. He's absolutely heartbroken. Mm. So why would you, why would you kind of sit around the corner and just watch that unfold? You know, I don't think you would. I think, 
you know, he's a bit of a fool, but he's got a bit of dignity. So <laughs> I think he had to kind of slope off a bit. Yeah. Uh, have you got any idea about what you would want your return story to be? Have you got anything plotting? Well, I, I mean, the, the amount of what's been so touching and so moving is the backlash from me leaving. Um, because, uh, you know, you come in and you disrupt a, a, a Tyrone and Fizz and people weren't sure from the off and that, you know, there's all these conspiracy theories about how bad I was going to turn out to be and I was related to John Stape and all of this yeah. kind of stuff. And I think it's a real, it's kind of tragic because I finally won everyone over and everyone was like kind of becoming Team Phil and then I've gone. But mm -hmm. so I thought I'll find, you know, they'll just move on. But I think, you know, everyone, I've had so many messages on, on social media and I know people have written into the studios. I think there's a petition flying around. I think, you know, saying that they want him to stay. Um, and all these different options for storylines, you know, getting with Jenny in the pub, uh, Mary's another one that comes up. Bernie's even been um, uh, mentioned. What else is there? There's, there's been a few. There's been a few. There was even a toy here, I think. What's that? Uh, yeah, everyone's just trying to everyone's trying to match make Phil. Is there everyone's any 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 particular ladies that you think he'd be best suited to uh, shacking up with? I don't know. I think he's. Um, I think he's genuinely going to take some time. I don't think he can just come straight back in. I think Jenny is a natural is a natural choice because I think they've had some chemistry and I think they've had some laughs and a bit of banter in the Rovers. Mm. Um, I think they're a good mix. I mean, I absolutely love Jane Hazelgrove. Yeah. And so to be with Bernie would be amazing, but I just don't think Bernie's fulfilled. I think I no. think she would I think she'd run rings around him. Um and also I love Sue Devaney. Sue, Sue and Jane are two of my best friends. And so I would love to get with Debbie. I, I mean, and I think that would really work comedically as well mm. with the size of Phil and, and this, but obviously she's got big handsome Ronnie, so and I'm not gonna get in his way. So, uh, <laughs> do you not reckon that <laughs> Phil could take him on? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Vince is a lovely man, but no, I'm, I'm not sure. I don't, I'm not sure Phil's the fighting type, unless there's an inflatable unicorn involved. <laughs> yeah, very, very true. Yeah, yeah Phil, Phil was, was definitely a lover more than a fighter usually, wasn't he? He was, he was definitely a really beloved character, I think. Um, yeah. And... I mean, I, I'm personally a bit of a Fizz and Tyrone fan, but equally, I also thought that Phil was just right for Fizz as well. Was it the aim of the producers, do you think, to make viewers not sure who to support? Yes, yes, definitely. As it, as it unfolded, 100%. Because I think what, what Phil brings is all the stuff that, that was, were the flaws in Fizz and Tyrone's relationship. You know, the fact that he... And he said to her in his parting speech, you know, you were always enough for me. Mm. You know, and that's that was the whole thing about Tyrone. Fizz was never enough. You know, he got his head turned by Alina and all of that stuff. And I think Phil genuinely, it was genuine, unconditional love. He just loved her. He just thought the world of her, thought the, you know, the sun shone out of her backside. You know, that's, and, and Tyrone never did. So I think they, they definitely played off and they put Fizz in the middle of this thing. But then the natural kind of love and chemistry that she had with Tyrone, in fact, she was never over him. In fact, she never wanted to split up with him. He was there, everything. Mm. Yeah, I definitely think they, they were very clever in, in pitching, you know, me and Tyrone against each other. And then brilliantly developing this bromance, which myself and Alan sort of developed off screen and they, they kind of jumped on that. Yeah, I mean, you've, you've been nominated for an Inside Soap Award this year, haven't you, for Best Double Act with Alan? I know, I know, it's madness. We've been texting each other the other day about it. Because <laughs> a lot of the stuff, I mean, you know, a lot of the stuff, we've come up with has been us, has been us just messing around. Mm -hmm. And directors, 
you know, really liking it. And, and you know, there was little moments, I don't know if you, if you remember it, when we came round, um, oh no, it was for the chocolate eclairs, when I came out to get the chocolate eclairs, when we just moved into the house. Mm. And I do a thing and I sort of just tapped him on the back and Alan just does a little jump forward. Yeah, yeah. And it's little moments like that that me and Alan have just sort of developed and the, and the cameras have loved it and the directors have loved it and the editors have thankfully kept it in. Mm. That's, uh, that's enabled us to build up, you know, to these moments. And the concrete was just, you know, it was the, the pinnacle of it, I think. Was, was that your favourite scene that you filmed within the concrete one? Well, no, it was actually horrendous. It was actually horrendous. <laughs> well, it, it looked pretty great. What was it they used? It can't have been real, real concrete, was it? No, no, no. It was, it was this potato starch stuff. I'm told it's the stuff they use in McDonald's milkshake. So I will never be having one of those. <laughs> and it was, it was freezing cold. It was raining, mm. um, and the stuff, it, I don't know, it kind of clung to your skin. So it's like having an ice pack, like, like strapped to your body. And we were on location. So we only had these kind of you know, the Winnebago's that the showers are, you know, like being weed on by an old man. It's uh, it's not <laughs> it's not conducive to a freezing cold day in Manchester no. when you're covered in crap. Um, yeah, but it, I mean, we you know, we made the best of it, but we were both sort of mildly hypothermic at the end of it. But and then you the had to shoot yourself down with ho- uh, shoot each other down with hoses at the end of it, didn't you? I know, and they promised us it was going to be warm water. They were like, no, we piped warm water into these hoses, and it really wasn't. But by the end of the day, that was the last shot. Yeah. Um, there was nothing we could do about it, and we had to get the shot done because we've been there all day and we've been delayed for rain. So we just had to do it in the freezing cold. Luckily, I swim in the sea because I, I live down in Brighton, mm. and um, I swim in the sea all year round. So I'm kind of used to the cold water, cold weather. Alan is not. And bless him, the little flower. He was shivering away. I had to protect. I had to wrap him up in my in Phil's chest wig. <laughs> it was a bit embarrassing as well, just being you know nearly naked there in front of a whole film crew. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Well, there, there was that moment because we had a we had an actual individual meeting with the producer. Yeah. We, we got a WhatsApp. I think it was a Friday afternoon, and and um, the producer's PA uh, message and went, "Are you free for a Zoom with with Ian, the producer, at five o'clock?" which is never you're kind of oh no what have I done what's happened mm. and it was me Alan and, and Ian McLeod the producer and he said look I've had this idea but I want to run it past you before the writers can write it up <laughs> and he said about the concrete you two having a fight in the concrete looking for the engagement ring and he said then at the end I thought it'd be funny if you kind of both strip off and hose each other down in your underpants <laughs> so I was like this is probably the weirdest zoom I've ever had but we both said yes straight away um, yeah. Was it a case yeah. of you know he's the boss we can't really say no to him? Well, no, I mean he was, you know, he's a really good lad and he's such a nice guy and um, he was sort of giggling to himself. No, it, it was more the thought of you know I feel so privileged and so honoured to have come into this show for I mean I've been in a year but mm. for a relatively short period of time and I've been responsible and involved in some of the classic Cory moments. You know when the you know, you get a lot of serious stuff and there's a lot of issues need to be addressed and you get sinkholes and things like that. We're doing classic quarry with the unicorn things going to be in montages from year to come. The, the concrete stuff is going to be in, you know, people are going to talk about that. That's, mm. a, that's a real privilege and a real honour. So when the producer asks you, do you want to strip down to your pants and hose off Alan Housel? Who's going to say no to that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that unicorn fight was fun as well. I mean, that, that must have been quite fun to just like acted like a big kid for a day. Yeah, and again, we made so much of that stuff up. Like, that that was not scripted to be like that. We just... Uh, Duncan Foster was the director, and he 
he was just so up for us having a play and messing about. And mm. I mean, there was so much footage they got of us riding the unicorn. And I think I put a picture on my Instagram just after Christmas of the unicorn sort of half deflated dead on the street <laughs> where we just, we'd literally like it, it, we, it had done, it had done its work. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It went everywhere on the street with us that day. <laughs> so t- tell me a bit about um, working with Jenny McAlpine then. Cause she's, she's been a guest on the podcast a couple of times before and she's always come yeah. across as being like one of the loveliest people on the Corrie cast. Did you, did you find her fun to work with? She's absolutely horrible. She's a bully. <laughs> um, Lies. Oh yeah! Oh my God! She is exactly as you just it's described her. She's she's unbelievable. I got there. I mean, bear in mind you're going into a show that's been running for sixty odd years. You, you know, you, and you're working with someone who's been there for the last twenty odd years. Mm. I've been in this business a long time. I've been in too many jobs, and I've encountered some people that you know have grander feelings about themselves than they maybe thought. <laughs> um, She's well within her rights, I think, to kind of, she's seen many people come and go. She's within her rights to kind of not be dismissive, but just be like, right, okay, it's another it's another guest actor, it's another. And she doesn't know at that point, I'm staying for a year. She doesn't know I'm going to do 80 odd episodes. She was so welcoming, so giving. She was really nervous. Um, she was, she showed me around the building. We had lunch together. This is all on day one. And mm. right from the off, she, she was just a joy. She's an absolute joy um she messaged me on the on my way home on my first days it was lovely to meet me lovely to work with me you know all these little touches that she doesn't have to do and I'm not expecting mm. um and it's not forced with her she no. and she absolutely loves the show like that I think that's the fundamental of it she she loves the show she's obsessed with the show she never misses an episode mm. she's great at telling people you know what you know if someone's done something well because there's something about Corrie, you wander around, and everyone's so in, you know, involved in their own thing. You forget to actually turn around to people and go, wow, I really enjoyed your scene last night. She'll never, do, she'll always go and find someone and say, I love that scene, it was great. Um, she lives and breathes it. And, and, you know, that makes her a brilliant actress. She's so good to work with. All that stuff with the wedding, um, the scene in the kitchen, you know, that heartbreaking scene where she, where she leaves me, basically, and we're both mm-hmm. in tears. You know, we're, she she goes there. She really goes there, and she gives you absolutely everything. Yeah. You know, she never she never doesn't look you in the eyes. You know, she delivers everything to you. She's she's on it. She knows her lines. All of those stuff. She's just she's perfect. I can't speak highly enough of her. Mm-hmm. And if she if she'd have left Corey years ago, I think she would be a bigger star, as big a star as she is now. Anyway, I, I think, think we're really down. really lucky to have her to have kept hold of her. Oh, massively. She's she's so underrated as an actress. Mm. Um, you know, she's sometimes you work with actors and, and you don't have to do anything. You just you just think about what you're going to do. And they and the actor's so good. I mean, Killian Murphy was one of those when I did Peaky Blinders. You get so much from these people. You can't really mess it up. As long as you know your lines, as long as you know what you're doing, you can't mess it up because they, they just give you so much to go from. And she's mm-hmm. one of those. Um, yeah, she, she's just brilliant. Mm-hmm. I love her. It was good that it was nice to hear that she's gonna make me cry in a minute, Michael. You're gonna make me cry. (laughs) (laughs) It was good to hear that she showed you the ropes, um, when you were there because this has been your first like big soap gig, hadn't it? You've done a few episodes on there's EastEnders and Doctors, I think. This is your first lovely time on a soap. How how does working on a soap compare to some of the other uh, productions you've been involved in in the past? It's really different, it's really different, and it's really scary because Mm. it's so fast. Uh, it's like it's like one of those things where you're on a, someone's on a treadmill and then they jump off. The belt doesn't stop. You've got to somehow jump on and not go flying backwards into the wall. Yeah. Um, 
and it's it's really difficult to get used to because I've been used to doing I mean I've done a lot of theatre and stuff but also when I've done TV dramas or movies you're shooting one scene over the course of two days mm. you know in two days and Corey you can shoot about 15 episodes like it's <laughs> it's insane um and you've got to be on point and you've got to deliver but then you might be doing a scene from this episode and then you go across to another block and you're doing a scene from an episode where this episode doesn't even happen mm. and you haven't even met this person and you're going up oh, so you've got to get used to all that and she, again she was brilliant Jenny at helping me because you get kind of one or two takes and you've got to get used to going right you've got to hit the ground running and you've got to get used to going that's that's okay and you've got to put faith in the directors mm. that you know that know what they're doing and the crew and everyone and that's that takes some getting used to you know when you when you're doing it and it's on you or you or even worse you don't realize it's been on you and you think, oh, they're going to come around to me. And you're like, oh, no. And then they go scene complete. You think, oh, God, did I, did I just do that? <laughs> and then you, and for the first definitely few weeks to a month, I was sort of laying awake at night or on the train on the way home going, oh, God, it's, everyone's going to see how bad I am. <laughs> but, yeah, no, she was, she, Jenny was brilliant at, at explaining how that all works and, and her methods of dealing with that. And, uh, and eventually you do get used to it. And eventually you get into a groove. And interestingly, I've gone off and done another job mm. since then. Um, and it was back to, you know, shooting two scenes in two days. And it, mm. if anything, I was like, come on, let's get on with it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it was sitting around for me. Well, if we've got this, surely. Yeah, yeah. Just, I'll... We're going to shoot this shot and that shot and that shot. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. But it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting way to work. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, you, meant, you mentioned the, the wedding um, episodes earlier. I'd like to talk a little bit about that for a while, if you're right. Was that kind of fun to film, getting out to the big you know, location shoot and everything to do the tent and everything? Yeah, I mean, it was beautiful. Out in Nutsford, we filmed mm. it. Um, yeah, beautiful location. Yeah, it's kind of fun. You get a bit institutionalised at Corrie. So location days are, are a little bit hit and miss because when we're at, when we're at Corrie, we've got the green room and the canteen and your dressing room and you know it's, it's kind of like it's quite nice it feels quite comfortable yeah. and then when you go out and then you haven't got any of that and there's no snacks in the green room you're like oh okay <laughs> what, do I, what do I eat now um <laughs> but no it was, it was great it was a lot of fun it was a lot and there were some great people there you know Anthony Cotton, Lisa George um all of those guys Sally Dinover so there was some there were some real legends um yeah. and I'll, get, I'll give you a little insight I'll give you a little secret yes please the, regi the registrar and I've only just remembered this. We were doing one take and it was on the registrar, the camera turned around. And it was the bit where, where Fizz and Maria walk in mm. and the registrar was sat down and she said, the registrar said, do you feel take Maria? Uh, I mean, um, <laughs> <laughs> at one point I nearly married Maria. Was it, was it always um, got planned out that, they would end up tying the knot and that Fizz would back out. I mean, did, did, because a lot of the fans were thinking, oh, you know, she's going to pull out beforehand or, or, or maybe they will end up settling, settling down together. Did you, did you, have you known for a long time that was how it was going to play out? Not a long time, but a few months, I knew that we were going to get married. Mm. Um, yeah, I think probably February time, maybe. Yeah, so it was a good few months where they, they decided we were going to marry. Mm. Um, and it was all because that the, the concrete thing once they'd written the concrete thing they knew the engagement ring yeah. that was that whole thing so 
um, and they decided that they wanted to. What they've loved all along, the writers and the producers, is they've loved to plant seeds about Phil being bad, um, so the book thing, and before yeah. that, if you remember, he was always reading a some sort of weird true crime book, and uh, you know there was little seeds that they wanted to plant that were red herrings. They've loved giving red herrings about Phil mm. all the way along, um, and I think the wedding was a, was the big one where they, you know, where it was, everything was going so wrong, and Camilla turning up, and everyone's going off, or, or they thought a lot of people thought I was going to jilt her at the altar, and it was that was when I was going to announce that I'm John Dave's brother or something. Um, <laughs> So, they, so they, the kind of the viewers have done their work for them, really. Yeah. It's not it's not so much the writers that have gone. Oh, I know what we're doing. We're just the, the viewers have made their own, drawn their own conclusions, and the, the writers have just you know they're very clever at knowing what what's going on in the public. Mm. So I'm mm. hoping they're very clever at realizing that everyone wants to feel back and they bring you back. So hopefully, hopefully, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But what do you think about how Phil was characterised in the aftermath of the wedding, where he kind of went from, you know, utter naivety about the prospect of reuniting with Fizz, to then he was standing up for himself when he refused to sign the annulment papers, then he backtracked and admitted defeat in his final episodes. How did you kind of feel that fitted with his uh, character? I think the um, the trying to win her back was was brilliant. And I absolutely loved it. I mean, it, it, was, they, it was like the writers were going, right, what else can we get him to do? Because I, I was just, I just didn't say no to anything. So I think that was really, really good. And I absolutely loved the scene in the pub where I ripped the enormous up. Probably my only issue was the speed in which I retreated. Um, yeah, it's like the Friday, you were tearing up the papers, weren't you? And then the Monday, it was yeah. like, oh, no, you what? <laughs> Fine, yeah, yeah. And what? I, because at the time, because I was filming... I was so busy. I mean, for about six weeks with all the wedding stuff and everything, I was in pretty much all day, every day. Mm. And my brain was stopping to absorb lines in the end. I was just kind of, you know, I was just leaving the studio, going home, having some food, learning lines. So had I have probably taken more, because like I said, you, you're not always shooting in sequence. So you're, mm. that last episode was filmed like way before. That wasn't my last scene, oh. my last scene. And so, you overlook sometimes the pattern of things and where things come. So had I have realised how quick the transition was and that, that Friday episode was so good with the ripping up the annulment and it looked like, well, Phil's going to go mad. Yeah. And he says, we're going to make you wait for 12 months. And then it was just one scene or when I just turn up with all her stuff. Had I have realised that, I probably would have gone upstairs and said, look, I think we need to, you know, I don't think I can go out with this much of a whimper. Hmm. where he's kicking off in the pub and then boom he's just going oh okay I've signed it and I love you off I go yeah because a lot of us went into that weekend thinking oh great we have Phil on the show for another 12 months and then after yeah. you left on the Monday well we didn't even realize because you put that thing then on social media a couple of days later saying yeah I've left and I think we needed that because we <laughs> we didn't realize that you'd gone I know and it, that was the other thing is it, it well I think it, I think if you flip that on a positive and a good on the good side it, it's very open because yeah, the people yeah. didn't even realise I'd left. And <laughs> I think, you know, Fizz, Tyrone, Evelyn, God, we haven't even talked, we haven't spoken about Maury Lippman yet. Oh, no, um, yeah, we will. Yeah. Um, they're all saying, you know, don't go, you know, be part of our lives. And it's Phil that decides to go. So I think it very much leaves it open for him to come back. And he loves mm -hmm. Weatherfield and he loves the girls and, and all of that. But yeah, no, that, that, was, that was the only disappointment for me was mm -hmm. I thought there was a little bit more mileage, even for another few episodes where he... Yeah. And what was actually meant to happen, and I think it, I think it was, 
it looked better on paper than it actually did on screen. Is I was meant to come out where I stood behind the scaffolding and Fizz and Tyrone and the girls come out and I and I see them. I think they're meant to they were meant to probably stay on that longer, make more of that moment where I'm I'm watching them basically going, do you know what? I can't, you know, there's no point in standing in the way of this. Yeah. And it's yeah. not on the girls and all of that. So I think what they could have resolved it by just staying on me a lot longer mm. and watching that thought process. You know, the anger turned to kind of exactly. you know, yeah. resolution. That it's okay, fine. Mm-hmm. I've, I've got to just let this happen. And yeah. I've got to go and lick wounds and, and start again. Yeah, yeah. I think the story as well has left a bit of a sour taste in the mouth of some fans when it comes to Fizz and Tyrone. Lots of viewers still don't uh, forgive Tyrone for going off with Alina last year. And some of them yeah. are now, oh, Fizz is such a doormat for taking him back. I mean, do you think that they'll be able to regain favour with the fans in time? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a little bit much, isn't it? You're watching them kiss and cuddle and just talk about slipping upstairs for a quick one. It's, it's, a, little, it's a little bit much. It sort of turned on, yeah, carry on Dobbs. But, um, yeah, I think, of course they will. Of course they will. They'll definitely forgive. Mm. You know, and Tyrone, Allen is so annoying that he can get away with anything. He really and can. He really can. I mean, literally, he can walk through the, the streets of Weatherfield with some sort of, armed weapon and, and people be like oh poor Tyrone you know it's because Kevin yeah. hasn't given him a prize or something it's, it's like he's yeah and he I knows it you know I remember it. before the um... turn against Alan Housel on this podcast <laughs> <laughs> I remember before um, the affair storyline started last year, Jenny McAlpine was doing um, a press conference thing and she said, I just know, even though Tyrone's the one that's going to be leaving me for Alina, everyone's going to be on Ty's side. Yeah, people totally forget. Because, I mean, during my whole journey, you know, there's been moments where Phil, the public have turned on Phil with the mm. book thing and, oh, I knew it, I didn't trust him. And the magazines are very clever in the, or Phil's big dark secret. Mm. Um and it's like, yeah, they, they are all, and even at the wedding, the last shot of our wedding, we leave happily married and it stays on him like that. Yeah. With his little puppy dog eyes. <laughs> and we're going, he ran off with the Romanian girl. He ran off with the 21 year old. Don't forget why I'm here. Um, yeah. So yeah. of course they'll forgive him. Of course <laughs> they will. I think, I think once it settles down, um, and that's what I've been so moved about is, is the impact that Phil's had, the impact that I've had. Uh, that people, I think people, this probably sounds a bit self-indulgent, but, and it's not me, it's the character. But I think, I think if Phil came back and settled down or, or seemed happy and, and began to become part of the street, I think it would help people move on with Fizz and Tyrone. Mm. Yeah. Because I think, I think now Phil's gone off and they're worried and people are genuinely worried about him and what's going to happen to him. And he's just, he's just, you know, taking himself off. Yeah, and I, I think I think they're annoyed with them. I think they're upset with them um, <laughs> that they've done this to this guy. Yeah, I, I still don't know whether we're going to have a smooth future for them. Anyway, lots of fans are predicting that Alina's going to be coming back with a baby in tow. Yeah, exactly, and that Phil and Alina get together. So you know, I'm not going to argue. With that. <laughs> <laughs> so, so let's talk about these two grand dam of the street then. So we had Evelyn and Mimi that you were working. Oh on. yeah, like, what are they like? Tell me all, because I love both characters. Oh my god! I mean, Maury Lippman, I've known for years because I met her um, in a play many, many years ago, and then we've sort of been reunited. And I, oh my god, she is just an utter joy. We, we're very, we, we meet up outside, we go for dinner, we go to the theatre. Oh yeah. Um, she's dragged me around an art gallery or two, and um, I, she's just, 
she's a genius. She's an utter genius. How it's taken that long for her to get a Damehood, I don't know. Mm. Uh, you know, I mean, she's an absolute icon, and I watched her as a kid on on TV, and um, she's exactly what you see. She's so friendly. She's so lovely. She's got so much time for everyone. She's dry as they come. She's like so witty and dry. <laughs> but people stop her in the street, and and she doesn't just placate people. She'll get involved in the conversation. Um, <laughs> she'll get involved in a full on live debate with a, with just someone who's asked her for a picture. And it's <laughs> she's just, she's just brilliant. She's absolutely brilliant. Um, they they have to hang on to her, mm. and they know that the guys at Corrie know that. And she comes and goes. And she goes. I'm going off. I'm going to, to work with the sloths in Borneo. And, um, you know, she just announced that she's... The rest of us are like, can I have that... Can I not come in on Wednesday? Because I've got a... No, 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 you know you're in. Maury's like, right, I'm off for three months. And you're like, absolutely. <laughs> but I do that because it's Maury Lippmann. It's Dame Maury Lippmann. Um, she's just brilliant. Uh, and that picture I put on my Instagram, do you remember when um, we went out for dinner, me, Jenny Allen and Maury, yeah. to celebrate her Damehood? Yeah. Well, we ended up... We were in in a bar, I'm probably telling secrets here, but we were in um, Australasia, which is a lovely restaurant in Manchester, and then we all had a few drinks, it was really nice, and because um, it was meant to happen at Christmas, but COVID put a stop to it, so this was the new year. And we, were, we, we sort of had a few Proseccos, and we were, and then Jenny and Maury were like, should we go and have a little dance? And they hatched this plan to go and have a dance, and we ended up pulling up in a taxi outside New York, New York, in Manchester, and in we walked, there was about 10 people in there, and then in walks Fizz, Tyrone, and Dame Maury Lippmann, into this game bar in Manchester. Oh my God, the, the looks on people's faces. And we sort of, you know, Maureen stood in the corner, sashaying away in a big purple hat, and, you know, till like two in the morning. It was absolutely brilliant. And that, that sums her up. She's just a complete lifeblood. And, that, you know, in terms of performance, she's a genius. You watch her, and she's, she's, she's in a different league, I think. Mm-hmm. And, and she's a nightmare because she rewrites every single scene you're in. I was going to say, she uh, seems like the sort of person that would do that. Oh, there's no point in learning it. There's no point in going down on set and going, yeah, I've learned that, right. No, you've got to wait for the rewrites. I don't think I'd say that. I don't want to say that. And then when you do, she, she does agree on something. She might just say something different anyway. So, mm. but it, it, it never, it always works. That's the thing. Mm. So mm. you don't, it's not like she's being annoying or, or deaverish. What she, what she does works because yeah. she absolutely knows her craft. And then Mimi, the, the wonderful Margot Lester, that's one of the tragedies of letting Phil go, I think, is that mm-hmm. you let me go, you let her go. And yeah. that stuff with her and Maureen. And we all said when, oh, when Margaret, when Mimi came in the first time, everyone was like bowled over by her and, and the character was so brilliant and so Corrie. And everyone said, you can't, you, we cannot, have, we can't not have a scene between Evelyn and Mimi. You can't. Mm. And then they not only wrote one scene, they wrote utter genius. It was just—it was brilliant, wasn't it? And the karaoke. Yes. Oh gosh, that was brilliant at the uh, the reception. So so yeah. good. So clever. Yeah. And just and being there, watching it live was was perfect. Yeah. That was um that was Mimi's kind of final episode, wasn't it? I don't think we've seen her at all since the wedding. How how do you think that the uh, the character of Mimi will be reacting to what's been going on since the wedding? Yeah. Well, I think Phil's with her now. I think he's gone home and he's sitting, he's eating tomato soup with his mum. <laughs> uh, and she's stroking his head and he's in his pyjamas. Yeah. He's, he's back in his stripy silk pyjamas. <laughs> he's back in his room with all his toys and his action men. Um, yeah. and she's looking after him. Yeah, and I think there's so much scope. And I, and I think it's madness if they don't 
if they don't at least get her back. I mean, you know, we, we, Bill's got this massive house. He, he probably needs to sell that. He hasn't got a job. You know, there's some new flats coming up in Weatherfield. There's, there's so much, there's so much scope. Yeah. And if you bring me back, you bring her back. Camilla, I think, is, is, is another interesting one. Mm. Um, it's, it's all great Corey fodder. Yeah, so and I, I could see, I could see like Evelyn and Mimi becoming like a new Ina Sharples, Minnie Caldwell, like couple in the pub or something. Exactly, bring back exactly. The snug in their overs. Yeah, and there's no one else. I don't think there's anyone else really. Yeah. You know, Eve, Evelyn's kind of batted everyone else away. You know, she's she is the the matriarch of the street. You know, so mm. she's she's the grand dame of the street. So she's. She needs a bit of a rivalry, I think. Exactly. Okay, totally <laughs> so yeah. you, you've been away from Corrie kind of a couple of months now, haven't you? So what, what would you say you've missed most about being on the show? Oh, the people. Um, I, tell, I love it all. I'm, I'm an absolute... I, I, I found a home there. and I was, mm. I was gutted. I, honestly, you ask any of the other cast when they come on here, um, I was so touched. I had leaving drinks. That I didn't really have leaving drinks. I just sort of said I'm going to be in the in a pub and come along. And so many people came. You know, you like Jane Hazelgrove, who never goes to anything social. Sue Devaney, Jimmy Harkishan, um, all those guys turned up. You know, Trevor Michael Georges came, and and these people. It was so moving, and I and I just have fallen in love with the place. So I miss the people. I miss the work. Um, and like I said, I've. I've touch wood I've been really lucky I came straight out I had a job before I left uh working with the brilliant Saran Jones um, oh, really? another ex Corey um there. No, yeah we swapped a lot of Corey stories and <laughs> talked about people who she's still in touch with well yeah. her and Jenny are very good friends as well yeah um so but I just really it's an infectious place to work it's like you know you get lots of nice bits of storyline the people are great you know not just the, the cast but all the canteen staff, all the the ads, all the crew—it it is a massive family. And I've done other soaps, and and it's—I love the bill. I used to have a really nice time whenever I did the bill. But Corey's just different. It's a real magical place. Mm. So I miss it all. Really, it's hard to pin it down. Mm. Um, if I had to say anything, it's probably the canteen and the snack basket in the green room. But you're not the only person that said that, yeah. you know. <laughs> so um, what are we going to be able to see you in next then? What's what's your new projects that you've got? So I am, um, I've just done with Saran, I've done a Christmas movie. Oh, yeah. Uh, which I'm not sure what I'm allowed to say, so I'm just going to say that. Okay. Uh, which is really a lot of fun. It's great. She's fantastic. What a, what a brilliant woman she is and what a brilliant actress. Mm. Uh, and it's very funny and it's, it's a, it kind of, it, tra- it goes across different periods from the 80s, 90s. Oh, interesting. Uh, yeah. To, yes, possibly present day and maybe future. So, um, yeah. And so there was a lot of wigs involved. I had a moustache. So that freaked everyone out on Instagram. <laughs> I think whilst I was still in Corrie, I had a moustache because I was filming this other thing. Yeah. And then when I went to the rain, um, I had to have it contractually put in for this Christmas movie that I had enough time to grow my beard back because I didn't want to go on Lorraine. <laughs> when, I, when I was on Lorraine, I hadn't, I'd, I'd already left, but yeah. I hadn't, I couldn't say I'd left. So if I'd have been sitting on Lorraine with a moustache, it would have just been like, why has Phil got a moustache? What's happening? Um, and it was too early for November, so it was all too complicated. So I was like, I, I'm going to have to have at least a week to try and grow, grow this moustache out. And yeah, so it's all very 
complex facial hair issues. That's funny. Uh, I'm also about to go off and do um, something else for BritBox mm-hmm. and HBO. And then, really excitingly, I'm in Panto in Peru. Are you? What, what's the yeah. Panto? What are you doing? I'm doing Aladdin, uh, and I'm playing Abanaza, and Louis Spence is the spirit of the ring. Uh-huh. And, yeah, so we're, we're going to be doing Aladdin in Crew starting on the 16th of December through to the 8th of January. Awesome. Well, so, it's really good to hear that you've been keep, you're keeping yourself busy. Yeah, and that, but this is the thing. I, I'm busy. I've got lots of work bubbling. There's something else that might have come in uh, that I had a phone call about yesterday. Mm-hmm. But the bottom line is I really miss Corey and I want to go back. So start the petition here. Yeah, hashtag bring back Phil. Hashtag bring back Phil. Go and stand outside the gates, make some sandwich boards and placards. um, (laughs) You know, throw like eggs at the window. No, don't do that. Uh, (laughs) Oh, listen, Jamie, it's been been so, so lovely having you on the podcast today. Thank you for for coming on and telling us all about your time being Phil. We will miss you. And hopefully, you know, fingers crossed, it won't be the last time we'll have seen you in Weatherfield. Yeah, exactly. Well, before I go, I actually, I someone sent me a YouTube link the other day of uh-huh. you uh, having doing your street talk post, and I heard oh, yeah. a, a, little, a tiny little impression from yourself um, of me. <laughs> oh, I was, wasn't I? <laughs> you, you a little, and what did you say? In, in, yeah, Jamie came on, did a video in his very non-Phillish voice. Yeah. So I think before we go, I think we'd like to hear. I'd like to hear a little impression of uh, of my non-Phillish voice from you. Oh, I, re- I really want to go back to Cora. Yeah, bring back, bring back Phil. Okay, that's what that do for you. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> right. Uh, and with that, I think we better call it a day. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you again for coming on. Love it. Thanks, Michael. And, and guys, whoever's watching, thanks so much for the support. It genuinely has meant the absolute world. And, and keep it going and keep in touch. So thank you very much. And hopefully, I'll see you all soon. Hopefully. See you. Bye bye. There we go. Thank you very much. There Thank we you. go. How lovely. Thank you. <laughs> he got Thank you, you, didn't he? He totally got me. Uh-huh. I, <laughs> I still don't know who it was that sent him the clip cheeky of me doing my, doing my Jamie impression. But uh, anyway, that was quite fun. Lovely yeah, to talk funny. to him. And um, it definitely sounds like he wants us to get that bring back film movement going. So uh, I don't know, maybe we need to take some placards when we're up in Manchester Yeah, maybe, week. yep, yep. Stand outside. Uh... I've got quite a few placards for bring back people. Well, we could do it like the Phil scene, couldn't we? When he was standing outside yes. the, uh, outside the we'll factory. I'll play the boombox. Yeah. I'll play the... You hold the boombox, yeah, yeah. I'll hold the placards of bring back Phil, bring back Henry, bring yeah. back... A... So many. Lolly. Andrea. Lolly. An all interesting Andrea. choice. Yeah, Lloyd. Yeah, oh, gosh, yeah, bring back Lloyd. Um, Annie Walker. Yeah, bring back Pat <laughs> Phoenix. As herself. You can do it, Coronation Street. Just, you know, like, digital hologrammy yeah. versions. Well, if they can do it to Audrey Hepburn, sell Galaxy Chocolate. Exactly, exactly. Anyway, thank you, everybody, for listening. Um, rather than going to see the much superior YouTube version. But I think some, some well, maybe just old school. I like school. podcasts, so you do, uh, when I listen you? to podcasts, I do it through the podcast app. Oh, well, there Call we go. me old-fashioned. Well, uh, yeah. I won't. Or stuck in the mud sort of person I am. We're going to go now. Yeah, we're Thank going you for to listening. Stuff. We're going to go <laughs> do stuff now. I don't know what. That's enough now. Bye. Bye. The music for this episode came from podcastthemes.com. Bye. <laughs>